Okay, here we are. It's wrestling and today we're going to talk about wrestling and sex. And sex is it's part of the wrestling business. Whether it's an angle that involves a relationship or the way a wrestler looks, sex is everywhere in the wrestling business. Because of it, I mean wrestlers have to look the part. They have to look a certain way, right? And they they have to look a certain way that'll appeal to everyone. So, you know, before we talk more about angles and stories involving sex, which we will be focusing on the Attitude Era for much of that, um, we'll talk about gimmicks. And um, Justin, how's it going? This is my host, by the way. Justin, how are you, Justin? I'm doing well. Co-host, right? From yeah, I'm doing well. How are yeah, you today? We both yeah. kind of have fun on here. Co-host. How you doing, John? <laughs> Pretty good, man. So, you watch any wrestling this week? I feel like this week was a little more calm. Um, I'll cut up on the G1 as of this morning. I'm going to kind of give you a little personal. I got my third booster COVID shot on oh, Friday. Oh, shit. Well, uh, that's good. I, I, is it because you work? Well, I work for the school. Well, I wasn't going to say I work it, for the. Eh. I work for a public uh, entity. So um, we were eligible. So I'm like, all right, I'll go. Well, that's cool. And... Um, uh, I'm feeling like a little weird this time. Like mm. I had no side effects from the first two, and the third one I got like really kind of lethargic and fatigued. And oh, that's um, I was catch. I, we had a lot of errands to run today. We had the kids at skating, and um, I caught up. I watched. I I couldn't sleep because my body was kind of aching. So I woke up early and watched the um, G FMW. Oh yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. Shout out to was, FMW. Yeah. I saw that. I saw about half of it. I haven't finished it, but it looked very interesting. I learned some crazy shit. It was. You learned some shit, really don't you? Good. Yeah, it was really good. And then I caught up on some of the G1, and I ha- I fell asleep because I was just wasn't. Uh, and then when we got home from our errands, I, I watched the rest from yesterday. Um, there you go. So I'm pretty pretty caught up. You know, I do it when I'm drawing usually, so I look up and down and stuff. Yeah. And, well, um, some of those early matches yeah. don't need your full attention, to be honest. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, that's but that's. I just wanted to say that I don't know if it's just this. I mean, obviously, usually Kevin Kelly's really good, but he's just been just really, really good. Yeah, for this G one, he's really on his game. Yeah, and the the G one. I think it's better than a lot of us thought it would be for this off year. Now the Tetsuya Naito thing is terrible. There's really no way to like make that. That that's absolutely horrible. But uh, they're telling a story here. The wrestling is not as good as previous years. I mean, and I know some it's people good. will go, "Well, but like it's it's, it's good. It's good, but it, it's not a classic G1 necessarily." Um, but it's turning out they're telling some really great stories, and they've had some this- fucking bangers for sure. The Zack Sabre Jr. story that they're yeah. able to tell now was just brilliant, and I'm really glad that it looks like they're going uh, with that right now. Mm. Um, and I mean, he's been there Zach so Sabre long. Ju- too. I will, I would not be mad at a, at a Zack Sabre Jr. Okada uh, final. I'd be totally okay with that, man. In fact, I'd love that. So uh, Zach has been able to go for years and. Them telling a story with him is really cool. They've done it before in the New Japan Cup years ago, and you know it's it's just cool. He's become a kind of a babyface character. His his promo work is still that of an asshole, though. Do you notice that he still plays Absolutely, the same dick? Yeah. But I guess he's just that lovable dickhead, is what he would call people. But he's just super talented, and he'll twist you up like a pretzel. 
and he's got every reason to be cocky about and have you know I mean, have you noticed you people know? have been tapping out immediately like, yeah and i loved the finish of it was the um it was a bigger was it the what it was Ocon. Oh, oh the kenta was it okay. oh yeah Ocon, where, where he, he climbed on top slipped. of him and then hit an arm bar on top of him and he just instantly yeah, like, boom, he, boom 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 yeah like he reversed something that he was trying to do and then he got his arm done i love it i love it like making him like a deadly sniper why not? now uh justin were you aware that in lucha it is uh it is habit to tap out immediately often did you know that i don't think i necessarily knew that no yeah a lot of lucha shows they'll throw in an arm bar and it's instant you like it's like you know it's just done you know it's it doesn't have that struggle you ever um ever been in an arm bar before Mm, yeah, I had my uncle put me one in, in one when I started getting into MMA, and I realized why it hurts and shit. So, I think realistically, you would tap out immediately if you were in an armbar. <laughs> Dude, most Seriously. of any ser- any serious submission that like cranked yeah. you, if you got it on in, in in like in MMA, bro, they rarely fight for submissions. When it's locked, it's do- usually done. Now, some chokes they can muscle out of, but if they get a full choke, usually. Nah, so that's yeah, yeah that's that's how it is realistically, bro. A heel yeah. hook or a fucking uh, arm bar or uh, having your neck cranked and stuff. Like, nah, dude. I wrestled before, like uh, amateur, and no, that stuff hurts bad right away. So yeah, definitely don't want to deal with that. Well, that sucks that you feel that way after the uh, booster shot. Hopefully, they get that rolling out to us. Although I've heard some of the let's not get too political here, but I've heard some of the data say that. Um, the the two shots are still pretty effective. So, um, yeah, you know, it was funny because I got it, and the person there said, "So, were you? Why were you um, chosen? You know, no, no, they knew where I was chosen because I work for that public entity. No. But um, they asked, like, why did you rush so much to get the third shot? And I'm like, you know what? Like, if I can eligible not? for something, like if I'm eligible to get the new iPhone, if I'm you know can get something first that's just i'm gonna get it why not you know yeah especially if it's free now although i do want to quickly uh quickly go over the dangers of the shot with our uh viewers the danger uh the dangers of the shot right now are um it's like really nothing really it's just it's just a vaccine you might get uncomfortable the day after like you right so there we yeah, go. Yeah, was the other ones I really needed, but this one I did, and um, I'm sure it'll go away in a few as, days. But as I was a, a little former fatigued. intense drug addict, uh, I'm gonna tell you, bro, shots, uh, vaccines can't really do much to me in uncomfortable. Because you know, once you've been in withdrawals for five, six days, a day after a shot ain't much anymore. You know, it's like you kind of just take a nap. <laughs> That's how I look at it. I guess you've had the train spotting and um, <laughs> I've had the basketball train. basketball diaries kind of situation. Different drug, similar uh, situation, but um, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's you know to me it's worth it. I know you know you know it's uh, it's just one of those things where I, I'd rather be safe than sorry. And I don't know. we'll see. We res- anyway, we, res- we respect all our listeners, and uh, sure, we sure, are sure. here mainly to talk about wrestling and. Today, yeah. we're talking about wrestling and sex. Now, I, I asked you before this. I said I wanted to talk about gimmicks. So, yeah. tell me, Justin, what are, like, th- how many wrestlers do you know that have the gimmick that they are sexy? Like, that's the whole gimmick. Uh, well, we, well, there's probably wrestlers that are sexy, but it's not necessarily well, that does, the Yeah, gimmick. that's not the, well, there's a lot of beautiful people but, in um, wrestling. I mean, out of any yeah. industry you might have the biggest concentration besides some acting and 
you know, it, it's it's kind of a prerequisite in a way, unless you're monstrous and huge. So um, you said it earlier. Um, I guess you, you can trace it back to, to all the you know the days of Gorgeous George and all that, and the flamboyancy of guys like you know Gorgeous George and uh, Adrian Adonis and Buddy Rogers, who you know, was older but flamboyant. Right there, you go. You know, all the Nature Boys. Um, but you know what really sticks out? I know you mentioned earlier is the, the freaking Attitude Era, right? I mean, Godfather and mm-hmm. Val Venus are the ones that immediately come to mind because their direct well, okay, the, gimmick was involved sex. No, but their gimmick wasn't that they are sexy. I get what you're mm-hmm. saying, though. They, these are but sexual sex. type that's of gimmicks. Sex directly. So, yeah. and and I have a list of gimmicks whose wrestler uh, who who's uh, excuse me. I have a list of wrestlers whose gimmick is revolved around sex so here we go you ready short okay. very yeah. short list i'm sure we can list more but at one point mark henry right he was the cho- yeah sexual chocolate mm-hmm. and he was addicted and yeah. what okay well we'll talk about that yeah. later father um, of a hand billy and chuck chuck and billy sure chuck and billy joey ryan uh-huh which uh, yeah, yeah okay and then uh Sean Stasiak, meat, meat, right? Meat. Don't forget about what about big sexy Kevin Nash. Big sexy, and then I have Val <laughs> Venus and The Godfather on here as well. Sure. I can't right. really find any sex based things in AEW yet. You think they're kind of just they're behind the ball game and they're just they don't know is that what sells? Well, I mean, I think we have a different time now. I think Tony just doesn't know what sells. I mean, they might have had Joey Ryan right now. He was offered the contract. Don't forget, there was that whole thing where he was on the first pay. They, they didn't they have him. Well, that was not an AEW though. That was well. That was all, but all, no. At one point, he was offered a contract yeah. from AEW before it started up, and he decided to stay independent. I don't think that dick stuff would have worked on TV. I don't think it would have been allowed, bro. And. He was, was he doing it in Impact before he went to that whole cancel culture thing? Oh, God, I'm sure, right? He always, it's I think his when spots. he was, when he was doing Impact in the mid-zeros, I think he was doing the whole lollipop, uh, you mm. know. Uh, in the ass. Um, and... Members only jacket kind of yeah. gimmick with the, with the, with the uh, you know, the oil and shit. So, um, I think that was always kind of an element of his, Ooh. like the sleaze. You know? Hey, I remember two more wrestlers. That are based yeah, around oh. sex. So you have um, Razor Ramon Hardgay, who is a actor. I'm not kidding. This is an actor in Japan, very famous actually, and was a wrestler also, and rest, ref, wrestled in full pleather sex suits, sex toys, you know. And then you have right. uh, the DDT guy, and why can't I remember his name? Was it the Ronald McDonald? No, or oh, that's a whole different. That's a whole different thing. It is uh, Dino, Don Shokudino, who is gay in real life, but portrays a extreme caricature of gay, you know. He's always sexually turned on. He tries right. to hump the other wrestlers. And in fact, him versus Cole Cabana was a comedy classic. They tried their boom-booms on each other, and yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, so there's there's him. And I've, I'd say he's probably one of the best uh, of them. But... That, those, are, those are gimmicks evolved around sex. Now, these are gimmicks that they are just sexy people. 
And tell me if you agree or well, not. Well, don't forget, uh, Gold Dust would be maybe gold in this dust. category, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They're, they, they never... Well, they did in the Attitude Era, because he talked about some weird shit. But, you know, for a while it was just, oh, I'm just asking questions kind of thing. It's just pushing I'm buttons. Dro- androgynous. But then when he came out with Luna Vachon with those just very odd <laughs> outfits. You know what's funny, too, is you get this dude, and he's like a Texas boy, listens to fucking david yeah. allen coe and stuff and he ends up doing that but he's he's a uh he's a goofy guy i guess you know he he could play you know he is and you know what though he's never run from it you know like he's always going to be gold dust to people and he doesn't seem to even he had every chance now to like kind of ditch at least the face paint and stuff but he's just kind of changed the colors up he's still yeah uh, you know, yeah. Well, uh, he's, you know, though, have you? That's true. That's true. He's kept that going. Uh, that is his persona. But did you notice in the uh, in the documentary you had me watch, Wrestling with Shadows, that he yes. does like a gay guy impression? Or yeah, through, I through the movie. That. So, yes. yeah. uh, I guess Dustin Rhodes was the funny impressionist of the. You know, like he's sitting there. He right. he seemed funny and entertaining. Now the joke wouldn't really fly today, but you know. He uh he can right. do it all maybe. So there was Deborah. Um Deborah her thing was just that she was sexy, right? I suppose, yeah. You know, and then she was gonna, you know help the help whoever win too, I guess. Yeah. But I mean the latest would be someone like Eva Marie, right? Exactly. And then she's on yeah. this list. And that's the whole thing. She right. can't even wrestle, bro. Like, some wrestlers, they bring in... So they tried this with Emma, uh, who is Tennille Dashwood. They tried to rebrand her as Emmalina and just make her whole thing, I'm sexy, you know? And uh, a spot that kind of got taken by Mandy Rose. But they tried to make Emmalina just... And she, she never actually debuted. But Emma can kind of wrestle and stuff where... Yeah, she's good. Yeah. Eva Marie, she can't even wrestle. And that whole gimmick they did, which was not necessarily sex-based, it was a body image gimmick, but, you know, she just played the dumb, sexy girl. Eva Marie. Yeah. So, uh, definitely. Tyler Breeze. Now, is he more sexy, or is he kind of just, like, into himself? Um... Well, it's if you consider flamboyancy sexy, you know, because then you got Shawn Michaels too. Um, Well, okay, I got him on the list. Sexy boy, he literally has it in his song. He was gyrating often, and one of his best catchphrases involves foolish fellatios. (laughs) So, uh, well, the Tyler Breeze is kind of, I think, when you first see him coming out with the the fluffy boots, and And he's like. um, pouting his lips and yeah yeah i don't know if that's more i yeah i don't know if i would say sexy but i I would say maybe flamboyant flamboyant yeah kind of like rich maybe or or into himself there's some wealth there the movie clueless kind of thing yeah um sable i mean she was pretty much there for us to look at her and then she did yeah yeah. playboy right yeah and she did and you know i think they tried to make her become a wrestler and i think she tried um but she was a big star and it was because of what she looked like it wasn't because of her wrestling it wasn't because of her promos and that's why Um, she's married now but um yeah she yeah you know mark marrow couldn't hold down the table so there was something there but uh and i think a lot of it is they put her in a position where they, they built sympathy for her 
um, with Mark Merrow angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was more than... I, I hate this try and play Devil's app. I think it was more than her looks. I think they actually... Um, that helped, of course, but they actually gave a good angle to, you know, bring her along in that position, you know, with the Mark Merrow mistreating her and stuff like that, really built the sympathy, and then the rest was history. Yeah, I I think so, man. So, ravishing Rick Rude, right? I mean, he was good-looking, he kind of gyrated a little bit, and he was just fucking sexy guy, but... but Kind of, well, I he think was, he's in between uh, Tyler Breeze and being sexy because he's into himself, right? But he, he is—he's got the muscles, he's got the mullet. Well, he would literally like paint the wife on his tights and talk about like you know, you know the uh, telling the husbands that you're the they need a real man to the wives Ooh. or whatever. I can't remember the you know. So I think uh, wow, Rick, you could say that his stuff was. Uh, Wow. Based around sex. Wow. Sure. I did not know that. A little too young for the, that. And I didn't need to know the that. The Rude Awakening. What, what, tell me that's you not his finisher, was it? Yeah. What, what, yeah, what was it? Had, what was it? It was a, a neck breaker. A it neck like breaker. A, he would take your head and turn you around all kind of like slowly and then just give you like a reverse neck breaker. Okay. I think. I'm pretty sure. Well, I think there's a Twitter feed that plays nothing but rick rude getting atomic drops and uh i believe it is incredibly entertaining so see like he loves getting when he got his nuts hit it was the it's a little joey ryan-ish right like when he got the nuts hit he like fucking oh well when joey ryan got his nuts he didn't feel it because is that how that worked yeah i thought his nuts was his uh special they're strong thought his nuts were his his uh like weak point no no. Oh, because well, anyway. if you kicked him in the balls, it would hurt your foot. But I, I know, yes. like, we shouldn't, no, we shouldn't no, be talking about, about him. Enough about fucking Joey Ryan. But well, look at the episode title. Rick Rude, I think, it was the other opposite for the same reason. He was probably well endowed, and if you did that to him, obviously you were going to affect a you know, big appendage that was giving you a lot of... Okay. Uh, to, to punish this is uh making sense here so right along sable we have uh terry reynolds we already talked about gold dust and she was man when i was young it was sunny and her like dude yeah they were yeah. really a major reason i was watching this show and you know what the cameramen back then were doing upskirt teases and stuff like that like yeah, bro they yeah. they would like as a kid i remember watching this and i remember thinking like are they going to show under her skirt? And they went like One right under days. there. And oh. I'm just like a little pervert kid fucking like sitting there being like, are they really going to show? And don't forget, Jacqueline had the malfunction on the pay-per-view once. Ooh, where I did saw, not. I missed that all. one, bro. But now can I ask you though, like does this start with, with the female valet quote unquote? I mean, we had plenty, but then you had Miss Elizabeth, right? Yeah. But that was more of like a jealousy angle. But what yeah. is jealousy in couples based around? It's the fear that Hogan was with his woman. See, I mean, this is what I'm sex? talking about. This is why this yeah. podcast exists. We're getting deep with this subject. So yeah. you're saying that right. the sex route goes back. And that like, I mean, and you're right. Like you look back back then and there that was a sex-based thing. I mean, of course we can say like, oh, well, there was relationships. But what are we really talking about here, you know? And yeah, he yeah, was afraid. Mega powers, he was afraid know? of losing that pussy to fucking Hulk Hogan, basically. But, um, you know, and before that, I guess you had, the, you know, the whole baby doll, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair stuff. I mean, 
you know, but I think th that the Miss Elizabeth might have been the first one that the angle was built around, like, a soap opera mm -hmm. relationship type of storyline, yeah. which is based around a sexual marriage relationship and jealousy from the macho man and well you know trusting hulk hogan justin you know? someone's gonna tell us that it was done in 1935 in st louis by you know but uh, as as non-wrestling yeah. historians this is just what we see so. when, when the fabulous mula and uh oh, ray stevens on. ray <laughs> stevens or you know luthes were were necking yeah in the it, middle of the ring exactly in the middle of the ring, just like uh, Edge. So, um, we're gonna make out, say. <laughs> well, you know, I I'm still reading that Pat Patterson documentary. I'm not gonna lie, man. Like, there's a lot of sex talk back then too. I mean, you just talk about his relationship, which you know is tied in. Pat Patterson, yeah. from what I've read, you know, he was in a very long term relationship, and he was, and, and, uh, uh, yeah, kind of hit his it. Partner but was he called it his friend, and you know. It sounded I like I think they, it was pretty it, it was pretty out like everyone kind of knew. I, I think yeah, at I, some point I, so. But he also lived in San Francisco, you know. He That's where he yeah, there was a big territory over there and, so. And he uh yeah, Roy Shire I think and uh wrestled in Portland and stuff like that, but you know, if you talk about wrestling and sex and you're talking about homosexuality, there's a whole episode right there. And I mean, Pat Patterson uh dealt with all that his whole life and you know, luckily the dude was such a good wrestler, maybe, that people just respected the shit out of him. I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the episode is would be wrestling and homophobia, really. That's what it would be. Yeah. And then we would have to talk about the uh, Attitude Era some more. But uh, oh, th yeah. that's, a, yeah, that's, a, that's a whole can of worms. And I want to address this real quick, too. I didn't really want to talk about sexual scandals on here tonight either too much because no, we're that's a whole storyline, yeah, gimmick so based. We're not talking. Yeah, we talk about wrestling and sex. You have the ring boy yeah. thing. You have a lot of other situations, but we're talking the entertainment on screen right now, and we'll get to that yeah. stuff eventually. So, um, I wanted to talk a little about like some of the pressure that a wrestler faces because of the competitive nature of the industry where they have to constantly look the part, you know, have you ever, right. have you ever seen, I mean, I, I think that would be a struggle, wouldn't it? Like I'm a normal person and stuff and having to constantly work out while traveling, getting your teeth done, getting a boob job, you know, stuff like that, uh, you know, just to compete still. I mean, what do you have to say about that? Well, I mean, I think, uh, some careers you know if you're featured on a screen you know and if you're put in that position where you have to wear a speedo every night you can't really let yourself go right i mean even if you want to go in the opposite direction you remember the great chris farley right mm -hmm. um the thing with chris farley is you know he wanted to lose weight but he felt like if he lose weight, he, he lost he, weight, that people wouldn't think he was mm -hmm. funny anymore. And that's probably in wrestling, too, because you get to play this character, right? Like, if you're this big, huge guy, say Yokozuna, right? And Yokozuna yeah. literally died from overeating. Um, right. So, Yokozuna had to look this part. Now, this isn't so much about being sexual, but most of the time it is. But the point is, they have to look a certain way. And, you know, he ate, got to be big. They sent him to 
fat camp many times. They sent him to right. doctors and, uh, you know, uh, he got to be this big guy and it's just like, you know. Well, that's just the whole idea of maintaining yourself to fit a role, whether it's a sexy role or a fat guy role or a funny guy role. Because, I mean, the thing about Yokozuna and Chris Farley is the both of them could have lost 70, 80 pounds. And yeah, the cocaine didn't help Chris noticed. Farley either, by the way. Yeah, but people might not have noticed too much. They still probably would have had, like, a big body. Mm-hmm. and But they would have been much healthier. So they could have lost weight and still been the big guy, uh, the big funny guy, the big uh, sumo guy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's just one of those things, too. And that has, that no, has happened. I mean, you look at a guy like Will Sasso who lost a lot of – this is funny, but uh, you remember Mad TV? There's a guy named Will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will S- I know Will Sasso. Okay, sure. you know Will yeah. Sasso. Probably lives next to you. Um, he, you know, he lost <laughs> a lot of weight, and they addressed it on the show. It was. I remember as a kid watching it. It was so funny. And he goes, he's on the stage, and he goes, "Wow, I lost a lot of weight." And he's like, "It kind of sucks because I'm not the fat guy anymore. It's not funny when I dance." And he dances, and like, it's so no one laughs, you know, because that's the gimmick. Is no one laughs at him now that he's skinny? That's the well, funny here's, part. Here's another example: Is you know who Jennifer Grey is? I don't. Once I tell you, you're going to say, oh, I know who that is. She was Ferris Bueller's sister. She was also in Dirty Dancing. Right? I, I don't know these, though, okay. that. Well, she she had, like, I kind of a... Here. um Right. You see, she had a nose that was a little, you know, I, just kind of a different... She had a nose that was kind of unique yeah, in I those see it. particular movies. But then she got a nose job. Oh. And... She became, you know, some might say she looked better, but she made her nose look kind of normal. And then she, you can't even recognize her. Her nose was like her unique point. Right. That's and then if you see when she got the nose job, she didn't, she kind of never, you know, she lost, she didn't. She went she from looking a lot of popularity. to looking just like a normal person. That's a great yeah. example. Wow. So Can't believe she did that. Shame on you. Right? Well, I guess it's her body. So It was in the 80s, and she felt the pressure from people, and you have that kind of money, you do those things. You know, don't forget, Roman Reigns did show up a few months, a year or so ago with the, the veneers that were obvious, right? Remember those? I don't remember that, but I'm sure Chris Jericho's had a lot of <laughs> facial work done. Um, right, yeah, so, I mean, that's the thing, is if your body is what's, you know, making you money, then you have to maintain it, like... You and I maintain the skills that we have. Like, that's true. They're just not physical. So that's the asset that they use. They, they, they make money with their body, so their body has to look a certain way to, to maintain that. that, that and that is an ec- you know, economical way of looking at it, where your body is the product, and you are the product, and you have to maintain mm-hmm. that product, just as I maintain my machines at work, which make our products. And so right. I, I could definitely see that. The thing is, though, that... It, you know, that means that your life is your job. If you are your product, then you're constantly, you have to, you can't Scott Hall and you, you have to look the part and, you know, there comes the sexiness. You have to be appealing, especially if you're a baby face. You have to be appealing and you have to look like you could beat someone up too um, for the most or, part. Or you just have some type of unique look that people can attach to. You could be the sympathetic baby face that's not in the best shape too. Um, but all of a sudden, if you get in shape and you get all this muscle, then all of a sudden you lose that and you have to work towards something else. So that's true. And, um, and there, there are exceptions to the rule, but I, I'd say in general, like your top baby faces are going to be good looking people. 
for the most part, yeah. You got your Shinsuke Nakamura, who I believe is a handsome man, but he doesn't fit into your traditional role um, of, you know, well, that body. Well, let's look at, you know, the NWA's world heavyweight champion right now, Trevor Murdoch, right? Yeah. If that guy got in tremendous shape, it wouldn't nearly have the same impact if him beating Nick Aldis after, what, five years or three years, whatever he had it. Yeah. Um, the fact that he's that everyman, um, you know is what makes his character unique. And if he went and got in crazy, insane shape, um, it might be a good story for a while, but the uniqueness of his, uh, you know, character and everything is kind of not there anymore, right? Yeah, and then imagine having some kind of odd body type, and you're like, no, you have to keep this way. You just eat all the time. <laughs> so I couldn't imagine I bet it. you people have felt and, that you know, way. Uh, and, you know, just eating all the time or l- losing weight. Any kind of weight maintenance can proved to be extremely hard for many people so you know um it's it's tough and it's in an industry that that stuff is really important um so i wanted to talk about this a little more with uh, some quotes here so i have some quotes from Meltzer and charlotte flair so okay. um this is kind of what we talked about so charlotte flair was off tv for a little while and Meltzer said she's having a complete makeover you know that's basically what's happened so it's one of those things you know they make you real subconscious about your looks when you're a woman in wrestling and it's just one of the negatives about it but it's a reality of it um unquote so I I think that's kind of the truth right especially for the women we talk about you know a lot of the guys that have might have a weird look but as long as they connect and maybe Dewdrop will be champion one day but with women um for the most part you have to be pretty sexy i would say you have to at the very least have a unique look um and but you that goes you don't from you don't think that that you are required that there's major pressure to have a sexually attractive look I think there is, yes. Absolutely there is. I'm taking Tylenol. It's all good. Nothing else. Um, yes, I do. Um, By the way, I, a soft th- warning to people, don't mix Tylenol and alcohol. That is extremely dangerous. So there's a little soft warning okay, to well, y'all. Whatever. You fine, won't die fine. tonight, but if you do that over time, you cause liver damage. So that's a one- soft warning to our listeners and a hard warning to my co-host. <laughs> All the so, all the kids on the yeah. Okay. Anyway, that is um probably the only beer I'll have tonight. Well, anyway, listen, listen, you're listen. Good. So look, the odds are if you're a sexy person and you become a wrestler, you have a way better shot than if you're not a sexy person and want to become a wrestler, right? That doesn't mean there's not still room for the unique gimmicks in between, um. But yeah, you got a way better shot, and of course they feel the pressure. Um, whether the company wants them to or not, of course the company's going to put pressure on them to look better. Maybe it's a Vince McMahon thing, man. But I think it's a wrestling in general thing. I think it's an everybody thing, and I do think it's a Vince McMahon thing. And do I think it's wrong? Yeah, to a degree. We're we're over that. I mean, Charlotte Flair probably didn't have to go and get all that work. You know? Well, we do live in an Instagram culture too, man, and there's so much pressure. They've I just heard of studies recently that showed how Instagram affects teenage girls, you know, um, and how it's I changed it. uh, body image uh, ideas. I believe for it people. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, when you see some of those TikTok stars and stuff, it's rough. Um, 
you just see it constantly. It's not just the people at your school that you see and then maybe the people on TGIF or on Saved by the Bell. It's like literally peers from all over the country that you're seeing that are famous on TikTok. And it's just so many unrealistic uh, images that these young people are consuming right now that they think that they're supposed to look like and be like and all that stuff. And it sucks. It really does. Yeah. And... You know, and that and pressure course, is world is worldwide in a way. That's not just the wrestling yeah. industry, but the wrestling industry yeah. has kind of been a microcosm of that for a while. Right, right. But this is that's always been an industry where you're expected to have big muscles or you're expected to be sexy, especially in um, WWE, plain and simple, especially in the, the new beginning. NXT, especially in the new NXT. Let me tell you this, bro. There's two guys that are like kind of like the italian mobster guy looks a little bigger and stuff but they've got a new tag team called toxic attraction and i'm telling you it's just a sexy woman gimmick that's all it is it's three super hot girls mandy mandy rose Gigi dolan and one other and you know they're okay but you can tell it's vince mcmahon being like oh these girls look great um so well that was their i don't i think you know obviously in the last seven eight years They've, uh, you know, they've mixed in some women that are actually good wrestlers that mm-hmm. don't necessarily uh, check up the boxes that they used to look for. But no, back in the, you know, 90s and early zeros, they wanted, like I know Jim Ross has said it a million times, they wanted tens, quote unquote, oh, whatever that, that might, means. That might not, that might be turning back that way if you watch uh, NXT point, 2.0. Um, right. So. I haven't, yeah. Um, so, uh, by the way, Flair responded to Meltzer, and she said, I just listened. I thought Dave Meltzer would have learned his lesson last time, commenting on women's bodies, but apparently I'm fair game, so I get to respond again to a rumor about my body again. You know what? This is when I stop. Dave, go to hell. You have my phone number. It would take me 30 seconds to ask, as opposed to giving straight crap to your listeners. Grow up. Sounds like she got a little emotion over that one. That sounds you know defensive what? as all fucking hell. Well, I think, you know, I'm not really one of the, I mean, I respect Meltzer uh, for sure. I've never really subscribed to his newsletter. I've heard good and bad things about and him. For so full I discrepancy, the- I listen to him every day. He does a podcast, so. And I don't really know if I have a negative or positive opinion about him, really. But he's just like... Uh, if you're going to be a real journalist and a real writer, if somebody says, hey, this person's gone through this and I have a way to contact that person, you better believe I'm somebody with a journalism degree. I'm not trying to like do that. I worked in newspapers for a while. I'm calling Charlotte Flair to ask her, hey, just want to let you know I have a source telling me that you're off right now because you got a lot of work done. Do you have any comment for that? Yeah. I mean, that would be a responsible thing to do. Um but I don't know the whole story if that's really how it went. There wasn't if much of a Dave Meltzer. There wasn't much of a story. It was just an off comment, and then she responded with the tweet, and there was nothing more to it than that. Right. But I, I remember coming in back and looking different for sure. Yeah. Right. I don't know. If I, I, was I heard it. I heard. Who cares? I, heard I, I mean, I heard it live. It did sound like a little bit of a. He says they make you subconscious about your looks when you're a woman in wrestling, but I don't think that's that's you know I don't think that's a crazy statement. So, but he no, did no, say she's all, having a also, complete makeover. Maybe she just wanted a right. makeover because she likes it, makes her feel good. And if she has the money, she probably is doing it, bro. She's just like, shit, I'm going to get a makeover for me. Well, you know, you know what? I think when they go away for a while, this is the men and the women. They, they come back, they know they have to be a little different in some way, right? 
so they change things up a little bit whether it's the brand of makeup the color of your well, tights she, she the, like straightened you know, her hair that was her different thing that she's been doing hair now. yeah so uh yeah. anyways talk about wrestling and sex that's the sexiest couple in wrestling there anyways moving on um wrestling storylines involving sex now the there's one that's the most famous to me how about you um maybe we're thinking i uh, the one i'm thinking of it, it, the just most impressionable one please don't tell I, me I'll it's uh let's choppy your peepee with kai and ty <laughs> it is oh it is, it is. <laughs> mrs yamaguchi thinking it was dude no the most famous one is edge and lita Right, but that really went into real life, though, didn't it? Which makes it even crazier. I mean, that's the thing, too. You make two people pretend like they're having sex. If you make two people pretend they're doing anything, they still might like it. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, let me just put it that way. That was during one of my checkout my checkout period with wrestling. I knew it kind of was going on, but, you know, when I was 16, 72 I didn't watch it then. Mrs. Yamaguchi-san, uh, that really stuck out, but... Um, so there was yeah, <laughs> choppy. Yeah, well, pee-pee. listen, Dick Togo was part of that, by the way. Yes, he was. Um, <laughs> as, yes, he as was, and now he's got, he's his got on to much on. better things, right? Uh, Shit, I would arguably no. <laughs> I would love to see Dick Togo try and choppy choppy Okada's peepee. Evil's peepee. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, he'd be doing it for evil, right? That would make the show actually entertaining when I watch evil. Um, and yeah. Takamichinoku was there too, although he's disappeared from New Japan for many a year now, which is sad because no more than that. More now than that, his I boy, think. you know his, why, right? Well, he got injured and then he dipped. No, no, no. Allegedly, allegedly he was caught um, uh, having an affair on his wife. Okay, what does that have to do with wrestling? They don't like that in Japan. That's bullshit. No, 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 no. Seriously, look it up. I, be- like, I believe you. No, I believe you. you cheat, I believe you. I just yeah. think it's bullshit it's that the they culture. did that. Yeah, that's the culture. Like, you could lose your job if you cheat on your oh, wife that, in Japan. That's bullshit that they do that, bro. Yeah. Because that has nothing yeah, to do with it, your work. In fact, that... Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm not arguing that. I'm just telling the reality of the situation. Now, that, that is really frowned upon in Japan. As a someone who has never Adultery. cheated before, um, and someone who thinks it's wrong... That's I'm with that's it. separate from your, but I guess they considered it a uh, sign of di- disrespect and fucking lying, right? If he cheats, well, they just I I don't know. It's just the image that gives the company. If he cheats on his wife. Yeah. What will he do to this company? So, uh, but the guy's a heel. So I mean, at the time, and I kind of do miss him introducing, uh, uh, you know, Zack Saber Junior. Completely forgot about that element with him. But he's got been gone a good two years, maybe more. Yeah, from the company because I don't. He wasn't there in 2019, so I think he's been gone since 2017, 2018 at least. Yeah, and I don't. I doubt he's ever coming back. But um, I doubt it. Yeah, apparently he has. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but apparently he had some kind of long term affair with somebody, wow. and he got caught, and the company fired him. Hmm. That that uh, that sucks. I had not heard that. Um. So I kind of want to look into that. I don't know. I need. I need to know more about all this situation. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's sad because his boy is now uh, on the way to win the G one, and I'd love to possible. see him say just tap out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Paul Heyman's stories involving Maria Kanellis and Mike Bennett, who impregnated Maria Kanellis, and then we had a twenty four seven gimmick story going on, where Spudnik. What's his name? Spudnik fucking 
Wasn't it Drake Maverick? Drake Maverick, Spud. Uh, he uh, was trying to fuck his wife after the wedding. So, uh, did you watch this storyline in detail and take I notes? I remember some of it. No, I didn't take notes, but he was trying to be intimate with his wife, but someone would keep interrupting for the... Yeah! <laughs> He's trying to get in that. and But he was more interested yeah. in the 24-7 title than getting it with his wife, you know? But I think that was more... I don't... I mean, yes, it involved sex, but that was That was more storytelling a, genius. It was pretty... It was semi-entertaining and he had our truth and stuff and i think it was less about the sex than it was just some idiot being no, distracted it was by a, a meaningless title well it was about the sex because he kept saying i'm trying to consummate my wedding and he kept getting right. a hotel and they'd get a loan and then some shit would go off she was in her towel right. at one point right so right, right, yeah you know yeah. you know what that i'm not actually that story actually wasn't that great however i bet you didn't know this that story's end was fucking awesome. You know what they did? They had Mike Bennett wrestle Drake Maverick, two different storylines, and then they like took all their frustration out on each other. So about impregnating wives and not having sex. So watch two hundred five well, live there you for go. that. Yeah. Um, oh. Okay. Vince McMahon hiring a new assistant. Do you know anything about that? Was that Trish Stratus or something or? When he brings out the ugly, the, the like, guy and then the lame chick, and then he finally gets a stripper out there. You haven't seen that? No, I don't remember. Oh, my or God. I didn't see it. But what about when he had Trish in that relationship and, and, and uh, uh, you know, Linda McMahon was comatose in the wheelchair? There you go. Was he, was he fucking <laughs> Trish or what? Allegedly, like, the way that they had it. Yeah god no you got the way they presented it you you got to see him try to get his assistant because it's it's great it's peak vince mcmahon because you know all the people are lame and he's pissed and he's like next blah 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 and then finally this hot girl comes out and he's like and then like it's a cartoon you know he's like cross-eyed and like and she starts probably seen the gist he starts dancing and he just flies out of his chair Right, you know, we've all seen the gif. That's yeah. where that gif came. Yeah, from. that right, that yeah. one, that one is great. So clearly, Vince, uh, Mr. McMahon, wanted us to know that he was an extremely horny old man. So, right. Um, Mark Henry got in the car with Sammy, and puked after seeing that Sammy had a penis. Do you remember this story? Oh yeah, the D- with the the D'Lo Brown thing, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that puked was that was that with when he was trying to uh he had a crush on china yeah right yeah puked now that goes into our homophobia thing or absolutely it does yeah we're gonna have to put a homophobia bucket over here and just throw all this content in there and eventually do an episode because wrestling is rife with a lot of that man we might come out of it not wanting to be fans anymore, though. I know, Siri. We really gathered and talk about it. I know, and we're like. Out how the business is like, homophobia is like one of its biggest uh, weapons. To oh, use there's a lot of. Storylines. There's a lot of gross stuff in the past history, man, and from not too long ago. But yes, uh, you are right. Now. I think that when we talk about wrestling and sex, we have we're looking back and we're talking about a lot of negative stuff and goofy storylines and characters, crazy characters. But I'd rather focus in this part on some of the more positive stuff going on. Um, and so what I mean by that is, for example, Stardom. Stardom has a lot of sexy women wrestlers, but I mean, 
here's the thing. They don't glamorize them as sex symbols. Uh, you know what I just realized? Dude, they sell whole what? calendars of these girls in sexy poses. So I was yeah, about to start course. railing on how stardom does great, and then I realized that it's all guys in their audience. I yeah, I don't I don't know watch enough stardom to realize it, but of course telling me that a bunch of pretty girls that wrestle and only guys watch, that doesn't surprise me. And so I guess that you know, when I watch stardom here, it seems like it's pretty athletic stuff. They don't get talk about sex in the ring they even less than new japan in a way because new japan has had sexual stuff before um but i mean you have peter rabbit and you well, have uh, well i'm talking about maria canellas dancing in front of jushin thunder liger and him freaking like zombifying at her like a mummy All and right. walking toward <laughs> i mean and yes miho abe and stuff like that but uh I really wanted to say that stardom was doing good, but I come to realize like their business is based in a way around this kind of simping and fetishism. Uh, I don't want to say fetishism. That's wrong. That sounds like Jim Cornette, huh? Well, you know what's, I mean, honestly, one of the big selling points that you're going to give someone is, Hey, there's a bunch of pretty girls that wrestle in Japan. Yeah. I mean, but the wrestling is so good though, man. Um, I'm sure it is. And I can't, I want to see more of it and that's what I would watch it for. And that's what I'd want to see. But, um, they have to, they probably feel like they have to capitalize on that market. Cause you know, just in general, from what I've seen and studied and going to these shows, wrestling fans in japan are basically middle-aged people they're not 20 somethings like they are here they're not yeah. you know they're, they're older people that watch wrestling. <laughs> like wwe fans on that watch wwe tv is like mostly over 50 it's it's people our age and above that mm-hmm. are wrestling fans in japan it's not because they remember it know, from the those... 80s and 90s probably yeah, well, no, that yeah, that too. But it's just like it's middle-aged people that go to these shows. It's not like the cool thing, kind of cult thing to do like it is here. Like when you go to a PWG show and there's just a bunch of like, you know, uh, quote-unquote cool people there and whatnot. It, it's more of a middle-aged people watch them. Believe me, I've seen it. Uh, you know, you've been there. You've been to me. the arenas. I've been there. I've been to the shows. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of kids. There's not a lot of young people there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I believe it. You look at Canada, man. Actually, Meltzer just reported this. Canada ratings, they got breakdowns. And wrestling in Canada is extremely unpopular with teenagers. Like, way less than America. And it's also much more unpopular among women in uh, Canada. And Canadian men, I guess, watch more wrestling than the American men that watch wrestling. So, you know, there's interesting demographics like that, you know? So. Well, if- the thing with kids now is they just have so many other options. Like, you know, when we would watch wrestling on Saturday mornings or whatever, my kids can literally pick up their iPad and watch pretty much 99% of what they want. Yeah. It's not like they're going to come across and discover something unless it's something they're interested in. So, you know, that's why it's hard to get these kids interested in activities because why am I going to go play baseball when I can stay home and watch every episode of my favorite cartoon or whatever you know yes i i whenever i want i i did have problems with that uh before um when i had a kid now this is gonna sound weird to people but i say when i had a kid i'll just explain this real quick i uh dated a girl for a long time and her kid i was like 
her kid's dad and then we broke up so sad story there but uh I dealt with a lot of that, getting the kid off the tablet or the phone, and it, and this kid would play like a different game every three minutes, you know what I mean? It's like this dude's playing a thousand games a day, and now it's like, let's go to the park, and he's just on it. He's zom- we call it zombified, so whenever he got zombified on his phone, I usually had to take him off of it, you know, because when he and was just like... What? Mm-hmm. And you know what? If we were kids, when we were kids, we had that, we would we, do the same thing. Well, I thing. did, bro. I had a Game Boy yeah. when I was a kid, and I played that shit religiously as a kid. Now, okay, back then, you though, go. you know, parents didn't see that as an issue. Now we talk about screen time and stuff like that for kids. But back then, it was like, you know, they were kind of getting on the, oh, too much TV, you know, back then. They were like, oh, you might be watching too much TV, but get outside and exercise yeah but now there's a tv in your pocket um where you can go in this in the palm of your hand you can do pretty much any everything you need to do from yeah. pay bills to order groceries to fly a drone hook up to hook up with somebody uh to fly a dr- yeah to turn off the lights in your freaking house when you're thousands of miles which away. i do hey there google go. light you off can... it usually works here there you go look see right so. yeah um so there you go we are all victims of technology mm-hmm. but you know wrestling and sex right i think we've kind of exhausted the topics for now on wrestling sex um i know yeah. we haven't touched every little thing but we went as far as my notes go to, to the hardcore fans this was our first episode and back then i had major internet issues and if you made it this far in the podcast you are hardcore so uh we redid the episode here and uh so yeah i mean uh I don't even remember everything we talked about from the first one, but I remember I think that's choppy on my pee pee. But I ha- I yeah. do have the notes here. There's more you could get into because sex covers so much. I mean, it is very generic. But I wanted to start this podcast with some generic topics, and we can spread out from there. So um, we'll talk about the scandals eventually, and we'll talk about homosexuality uh, sexuality eventually. I'm sure because it is part. It's, it's yeah, just like it's part of life. It's part of the industry. So. Um, at one point you know homophobia was probably wrestling's biggest weapon to use and you know that attitude era oh yeah man to what to get heat is that what you mean yeah yeah yeah. i any Um, gay character was booed any feminine character was booed that was a man uh, that was like the easy cheap way to get heat right the cheap heat came with just have a character that might be gay and then you'll have the and a lot of that was just society at the time and a lot of it was maybe a little laziness with the writing yeah now and the creative now i didn't get into ecw that much i've been watching some ecw lately actually man um yeah and i watched their first pay-per-view it was very okay. good it had dick togo uh, it was, yeah it had dick togo and and uh takaminchinoku they had a uh six-man japanese tag that was incredible but ecw has had a lot of sexual storylines as well absolutely um, yeah. i know that woman nancy benoit was a big part of ecw there were a lot of ladies that were like valets i know that um you look at steve don't hmm? don't forget about the night that kimono wanalea danced atop the ecw arena there we go that night too. i don't know if you remember that constant commercial Whenever we'd watch ECW, like one o'clock in the morning on UHF or whatever, I didn't get. I did not this. get ECW here, and I would not have watched right. it because I wasn't like younger than you, bro. And that shit intimidated yeah. me. Yeah. It looked way we too si- intense. We were sixteen or seventeen, 
you know, and ECW is like that forbidden fruit. And if we found out <laughs> yep. it was on, we were going to watch and we felt like we, wow, look at, we're, we, we felt like we were tape traders. Damn, you had it in but, LA though, huh? That's sick. Yeah, it was on some kind of KJLA or some kind of UHF station. Oh my God. Um, and it would come on like late at night on a Saturday or something just random. And um, they would always be playing. These, Did they mute uh, the cuss words and stuff? Uh, probably they bleeped them. Yeah, the crowd really chants know. cuss words all the time. Because don't forget that ECW was kind of in a way um, booked and put together a lot like New Japan. Like I talked about this on the pack, podcast I was on because you know I talked about how I was getting into New Japan, and one of the first questions a lot of people have that are trying to get into New Japan are like, okay, what's their their raw? What's their SmackDown? What's their weekly? Oh, and you're just show? like they don't have that. They just do their. They tours. don't have one. They basically have house shows that lead up to a event, you know, mm-hmm. or a main a main show. And I think ECW kind of books similarly because whenever they would have the TV show, it was always like a retrospect or a, you know, ECW hardcore like, TV, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't an episodic show. It was just mm, kind of it a just showed stuff of from things. their events. Yeah, yeah and the pay per views exactly. were like the big big shit happened yes they were all built to you know just like you know all those old 80s jim crockett stuff was the the tbs show was just basically there to sell the pay-per-views to people so um but no of course ecw had huge sexual overtures in the storylines and look at francine and look at well i'm uh, thinking of steve austin's promo in ecw fucking amazing promo it's his pre stone cold promo if you've seen that one on the ladder have you seen that one i think so i've seen it like a hundred times but i mean he goes up the promo and he just calls these women all these names i won't say that are right well i guess i've said worse on the show but well what about with the dudley boys those promos oh god well i watched uh, them on the pay-per-view their promos were more like fuck everybody we fucking hate this place Fucking or the two women, I, like a woman and daughter in the front row, the daughter, da, 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 I mean, just absolutely vile things that there is no way that anyone could get away with saying those now. No. But back then, that was that was heat. Yeah, man. That was how you got heat. So sexual, yeah. verbal sexual assault was heat back in the day, huh? And it's true. Pretty much. I mean, now they talk about how heels don't get enough heat. And, uh, you know, there's some that do do it. And they always are on that borderline. I mean, look at some of the stuff that MJF is doing, right? He says some stuff where you're like, oh, right? So I, I, he, he, he dances that line. I, I, have, I have, and I've been hearing something from a couple people lately that talk about heels nowadays. And they were saying heels back in the day. And this is, I heard Lance Storm and Joe Lanza talk about this stuff. Heels back in the day, um, like they would say personal stuff to get heat, you know what I'm saying? But nowadays, people want to heal that they want to boo for fun but like in private you know like they want to think he's a cool guy like but they want to boo him for fun and so when he gets too close to that you're like oh wait i might not like this guy in real life too you know and that's what causes a lot of people to reject like you had that thing with the uh acclaimed right where we're like he said those things and all these fans are like wait a second he okay that was a little too close to home you know well, a phrase that wasn't said in the 90s or the 80s was like, man, that guy is such a good bad guy. Man, I just love watching him. Yeah, exactly. That wasn't said back the then. The idea of complimenting people, a heel. People are more um, smart to the business Yeah, now, we know it's, it's work. You know, but 
I don't know about you, but obviously MJF's a heel and a bad guy, and I'll boo him because he's the bad guy. But man, I love watching him. Right? I love like, watching him. Love he's, watching he's great. Yeah. He's entertaining, man. Now I don't get offended by anything really people say on TV unless they start railing anti-science sentiment. But I mean, like you know, yeah, he touches close to home and stuff. But yeah, he is well, ridiculously when he, when he talks about the methane the Allen thing with his with his, uh, you know, you the wrong person died in that car accident but, but the appeal really, is kind of really there because up. you know that yeah. he's talking to these guys beforehand he's not just surprising oh, them with course, it he knows you know he's what? getting clearance and you know a lot of times maybe a little less than now but i think back then they were clearing it with people too i think they were yeah so yeah but it but was not with the crowd you know people would call the crowd well, like you bunch of sluts fucking oh we're in chicago it's a completely well, different audience of people like there was people that would slash the tires of the heels and try and stab people and you know listen to Arn anderson's podcast about that hey, if we go to I wrestlemania mean, um in a couple years can we slash the tires of the heels yes we're gonna go and slash baron <laughs> corbin's <laughs> tires <laughs> is he gonna and be a heel then he might be a baby face but you know what's funny is like when you hear guys baron like Arn anderson Corbin. we we knew that we were doing a good job when we saw that our <laughs> tires were slashed, right? I guess or so. The, oh, they're like, holy the, shit, I'm getting the, real hate here. Or some grandmother punched him in the face or whatever. Well, you, know, like, you know, Pat you know. Patterson actually said, well, Pat Patterson's not a tough guy, but he said that shit was actually, like, really uh, not cool at all. Like, he said it was, like, he felt really afraid often and had to, no, like, no, walk to his afraid. car. Of course, yeah, I'm sure. But, they, but they you think he thinks himself, damn, like that's it. some real heat. Well, he probably felt he was doing a good job if he was making <laughs> that people that pissed off, right? I'm not saying he was enjoying it, but... Um, but it's, no, it's funny, in- too, though, because if you get enough heat and someone jumps the rail, you know, that guy's a fucking idiot. So, I mean, you got to manage and it a little happens. bit. And, and now you have fucking, uh, I think... What's his name? MJF has threatened, like, oh, if you think you can fuck with me, jump the fucking rail. It's like people oh, aren't going to do, do that, that bro. It happens. It still happens occasionally, but it, you know what? It doesn't happen nearly as often. Well, I'll tell you this: I saw Bret Hart got tackled by somebody at the Hall of Fame, dude. That was crazy. Do you remember who punched it? him and out too? It was one of the re- revival. Yeah, right? <laughs> it was like Cash Wheeler. The revival took him down. Yeah, <laughs> punched that was, him out. Yeah. That was, good. but that was you know an isolated circumstance, and it, yeah, it does still happen, of course, but nowhere near. They weren't chasing him in the parking lot, you know. Yeah, hopefully we all know we're going to see entertainment. You know, you can yell at him. Yeah, it's one of the only entertainment you can fucking yell at the people. You can't even do that in comedy. Shoot, like if you went to go see a live play, uh, you know you're not gonna attack the pro the antagonist you know <laughs> oh right? my god bro you go see shakespeare well, and fucking yeah. tackle tackle the bad guy one of the, near the end. one of the montagues yeah. or whatever i don't know like, fuck you it's like wow you suck montague you really got into that story We're follow you home like slashes like, tires who does that? yeah well yeah, but we could just do a whole episode of wrestling and kayfabe and how it's the only I thought about you know, that entertainment yeah, sure. genre that people are supposed to think it's real life and uh, you know the whole breakdown of that. You know, well, I would love to talk about that, and I've thought about that and doing a, you know talking about Twitter and what it means to be a babyface and a heel. So we will uh, we're doing some live brainstorming here, but we'll do something like that in the future. So yeah, uh, for sure. Well, yeah, man. Um, is there anything else you have to say? Because uh, otherwise, I'm about to throw this one home. 
I, I think, uh, you know, we're good to go now. Um, I wanted to open some figures, but... I mean, well, how long How long have we gone, gone for? Do you want to open the figures? An hour, an hour. You want no, to I mean, no. I've had these sitting here. We could just open them together and enjoy it. I don't know. It doesn't really mean anything. Look, can cut this whole part out. I think you should just open the figures, and I will edit this shit. But I'm going to do a send-out right now, and then I'm going to do okay. some editing, okay? So here's okay. what I'm going to do. I'm going to do... This will probably get cut out, so... Um, I'll just do our outro, and then I'm going to go pee, and you can start opening oh, stuff. What I wanted to do, though, is maybe, uh, you know, I was on the Turnbuckle Tavern Sessions podcast, yeah. and that went really well. Um, you know, they ha- you know, t- I think his name's Thomas had me on, and we- it was just a great show. And awesome. we just discussed stuff. Turnbuckle what? Was- Turnbuckle Tavern Sessions. At- they, do shows, they-, they do shows every night. Wow. Uh, there's a whole group of them. And they have really good, like, the graphics, everything real professionally done. And, um, you know, I think at some point they'll probably put us back on there and all that stuff. And maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. But cool. it's cool that I was doing that. And then I'm also starting the Inktober uh, sketching oh, every day. every day. So, Sketchamania. So some guys are doing No Shave November. Some guys are doing No Fap November. And you're doing Draw Wrestlers Every Day October. Yeah, well, the first uh, day was blood for October 1st. Whoa, that's intense. So I did I did Bruiser Brody. Oh, did someone give you a topic every day, huh, to draw with? Yeah, there's a topic every day. And that's today fun. was crown, and I did King Bret of the Hart Ring. King of the yeah, Ring. Yeah, so. of course. Well, And tomorrow is the word is return. So if you guys want to draw and do all that stuff, all post right. it. it's good stuff. Awesome. That is so cool, man. Well, thanks for that, Justin. Thank you for all our listeners. We love you guys. And uh, this is ending the audio version of the podcast. We will have uh, some video up on, on YouTube of uh, some live openings after the show. So if you want to see those live openings, check out YouTube. All right, you guys. Well, this has been Wrestling and Sex. Y'all have a great night. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.